has it, has it. I'm Junior Keiko Weber Junior. Welcome to the podcast. The podcast that answers the question. Uh, wait, we no more question. Sorry. <laughs> okay, mistake. <laughs> Rewind. All right. No, you know. So, um, I have uh this this <laughs> my my media director. We call him media marketing director because sometimes he does media for us and sometimes he does the marketing, right? But mostly he he's involved in the marketing. And I really gotta thank you, Jake. Thank you very much. Uh, gotta thank this guy because. Uh, he has totally turned this podcast around. Now, we're going to be, uh, we, we had to redo the podcast, okay? So we had to redo, like, go through the episodes again. So on today's podcast, okay, I ran from teaching, and that's the, uh, yeah, that's that's the podcast today. But before that, we got to have the attitude of gratitude always, always, always. And we got to really thank the people of Wisconsin, because guess what? They're the number one state right now. So I did not really think that this would go the way it went, right? But it actually, we actually picked up in a state that was like virtually nowhere on, on our map anyway. I mean, I'm not, you know, Wisconsin was always there, right? A great state, the cheeseheads, right? So uh, if you're from Wisconsin, thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you listening. Um, but, but the states were California was number one. Texas was number two. And then Hawaii was number three. And it kind of went, you know, down your know, Rhode Island was up there. And uh, Wisconsin came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, Wisconsin is the number one state. And then California and then Texas and then Hawaii. So Hawaii has moved down to number four. So we, uh, if you are in Hawaii, because there are uh, the people in Hawaii that started listening to us, as a matter of fact, were from Wailuku, Maui. So Wailuku, we salute you in the highest. Thank you for starting. Um, it shows us like the towns. So we can see, you know, Wailuku, Kahului is on the map now, but Wailuku was the first, the first in all of Hawaii, like when we did the first year of, of podcasting. So I want to say thank you. Now, I got to admit, when somebody told me a long time ago, this guy told me a long time ago, he said, hey, maybe you should try podcasting. Now, I was working with this guy on Instagram. And we were, we were, you know, doing really, really well until I screwed up the account. And then what happened was I was running these cooking videos, you know, for the chicks, right? Cause they used to love it. And, um, I did not know that these were copyrighted, you know, videos. And I got flagged for copyrights and I did not understand like what was, what it was that I was doing wrong, right? And um, so they took my account down. <laughs> so that was the end of that. But anyway, and we worked on other things on Instagram and marketing and that kind of thing. And he said, you know what? You should do one of two things. You should do a YouTube show or you should do a podcast. Now, when he said podcast, I was like, eh, podcast, you know, because to me, that was that was a stretch for me. Right. And um, so anyway, I let I let it go. And then I worked with this comedian. I didn't really work with him, work with him, like I hung out with him for a little while on his show. And um, and he told me, like, because we did a podcast as a part of his show. And so after the show, we used to do the podcast. And he said, he said, bro, you, sh- you should do a podcast. He goes, my, my friends in L.A., they're making big money doing podcasts. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, you know, so I, so because he said it, right, I started thinking about it. And I started putting some, you know, thought into it, right? And and pretty soon I'm like, hmm, okay. Because you see, there's there's been times in my life where I've had to put thought into something and go, all right, you know what? Let's go to the bank. Let's take out money. Let's let's throw down uh, whatever's on red and spin the wheel. And, and it, it's worked every time. Not in the way that I thought. Okay, uh, which is which is part of today's podcast, but it did turn out it did work. Okay, so now here's the thing, right? When when I started doing the podcast, I did it wrong. Uh, so I went down to the radio station, right? I, I took out money. I went down. I paid this program director. You know, oh, could you please, you know, put this together for me and stuff? I brought in Instagram influencers. We were doing interviews. We we're doing all that stuff, right? And then. <laughs> A very humbling, a very humbling point is I get humbled all the time, right? And now, you know, I work in the digital world, so it's very, it's, it's extremely humbling. So, so I, so I got pulled on the side, right? And this guy goes, um, "What you're actually doing?" Now, this this is one of those scientific dudes, right? And he goes, it, it, "Techies, right?" <coughs> He's a techie. He goes, um, "What you're actually doing." Is you're doing a radio streaming program. He goes, you're not doing podcasting. 
And I'm like, wow, because this happened to me, you know, earlier in my life, right? And and people had the correct, like, oh, no, you're not doing... There was this guy, when I was doing radio, I remember, there was this guy. Um, he was just, he was just, you know, I don't know if he was trying to teach us a lesson or he's trying to make us feel bad or just kind of jerking our chain or whatever. But but I was on this, I, I was auditioning on this show and he came up and he stood behind me and I thought I was doing good, right? I, th- I thought I was doing great. I mean, because when you're, you know, when you're like in your early 20s, right? You think you're the man, you think you got it all figured out. And he's standing behind me, had this low voice and he goes, hey man, what are you doing? Radio? And I looked up at him because he was standing right behind me and I looked up and I go, yeah. He goes, no you're not. <laughs> so, I mean, so there's been times in my life is what I'm saying, Hawaiians, okay? Now, if you're listening in, in Wisconsin, you are an honorary Hawaiian right now. We have people listening across the world, 53, I think 53 countries and 42 states. And so uh, when you're listening, you are an honorary Hawaiian. So when I say Hawaiians, I'm talking to you, okay? Basically, you. All right, and thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. So anyway, so I was doing it wrong. So we go, okay, we got to scrap that. So we scrapped it, right? And, uh, but you know, this guy, uh, the program director guy, and I just saw, I just saw him in a, in a shopping center, you know, and, and he was nice enough to, to help me. And, and you know, here's the thing, right? When you're involved in entertainment, um, be it stage, radio, television, whatever, there are not very many people who are willing to help. Okay, because everybody's protecting their own thingy and whatever. And so the, the people that have helped me, and there's been many, have have helped me greatly. Like, um, and some of them didn't even know it. You know, there was these guys that put me on their TV shows. And then there, there's this guy put me on his radio show. There's a guy, uh, this guy put me in his, uh, so this one guy put me in bathrooms all over, all over the island, right? And there's another guy put posters for me all over the island. So there's there's a lot of good people. But you know what? You have to look for the good people. Okay? Because you know the, the naysayers, the guys that tell you you can't do stuff and, and all of that? Okay. Don't pay attention to that. Just just move past it. Okay? The haters, you have to praise God for your haters. Your haters are what make you. If people are not talking about you, you are not relevant. You are... Yeah, you are nothing. You you are you are forgotten, and you you are like six steps behind everything, right? And the key to all of this, the key to you know the law of attraction. This is a law of attraction podcast. Is to be one step ahead, and to be one step ahead is to be in what they call flow state. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're going to talk about how I ran from teaching. Okay. Now, now that so I I went through that one lesson, right? The podcasting, right? The second thing, the second time we did it, right? I thought it was doing good. We 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 got out to uh, twenty eight countries or something. Then we had to scrap that because we were doing it wrong, and we were also simultaneously building the YouTube site, right? So we scrapped that. We orphaned a bunch of people. Uh, if you're from YouTube and you got orphaned, I'm sorry. Uh, it wasn't intentional. <clears throat> but it's just the way it, it was a learning process. Now, see, I, I didn't want to take the time to go to podcasting school, right? Or take a course from somebody. Okay, this is how you podcast. This is what you do. No, I just had, I had I hired a guy. I hired a media director. Like, okay, right, here we go. Let's do this, right? And he was unclear on what I wanted. And here's another lesson, right? This is a side, side lesson, Hawaiian. Don't micromanage. I had a website one time and the guy asked me, right? He goes, how do you want this website built? And I said, oh, I want it like this, like this, like this. He built it perfect, just the way I asked, okay? Years later, <laughs> years later, somebody goes, um, who built your website? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my friend of mine, uh, so-and-so, and, uh, you know, been doing, in fact, I still do business with him till today. He's he's my IT guy. And um, and so <laughs> I said, well, you know, this guy, he goes, he he designed that site for you? And I said, well, I, I told him what I wanted. He did it exactly like, and it, so the lesson was, right? Long story short, don't micromanage. Okay, don't micromanage. Because the guy goes, oh, that happened, right? And then I was like, oh, crap. Okay, okay, okay. So I had to go back, right? I had to, you know, yeah, we, we had to go back, rebuild, redo, all of that. So don't micromanage. Yeah, it's better to go to a web designer and go, uh, can we just 
get a website and what are you doing oh we're doing this this area of business or we're doing this uh whatever designing whatever and they'll just build it and chances are you'll have something very much more uh efficient and and up to date than if you go oh, okay i want this like this and like that and like okay so that's that's a lesson too oh a lot of lessons on this show a lot of lessons all right and i had to go through these things you know and i'm sharing this you know not for you guys that are 40 that already got this stuff down um According to our stats, there's a lot of 25 plus year olds and you guys in your 20s, you you know, you guys um, just knowing that this is why I say these things so that, you know, to leave some value behind for your life so that so you can steer clear of stuff like this. Right. Don't make these mistakes. And this is not an entrepreneurial podcast or anything like that. But I'm just saying that, you know, um, I have manifested many things in my life and I was the kind of kid because of my ADHD, right? I have, uh, we said this on, on my story, right? And so every once in a while now I repeat it. I'm more comfortable repeating it now because I have nothing to lose. I have, you know, I don't have to kowtow to anybody or any industry or any uh, producers or any, you know, like that, right? Um, or, or any hotel owners or, or anything, you know. But But what I'm saying is, when you, um, you know, when you uh, get to a certain point where, uh, like I had, you know, I had ADHD. So what I have is combined presentation, okay? And it means that you have both types of ADD, okay? ADHD, which is the hyperactive thing. And then the ADD, which is, yeah, you can't focus. I mean, you know, it's just a mess when you, when you have both, let me tell you. So anyway, right, because of that, there were tons of things I wanted to do as a kid. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I saw I saw this guy and I, I got to know him and he was a ventriloquist. And I go, I want to be a ventriloquist. Yeah, I want to do that. That's cool. And I did it. And, I, you know, I, I was standing there with a dummy one night on stage, which wasn't the first time I stood with a dummy on stage. But that's not a podcast. Otherwise. But, but I, you know, I was standing there with a dummy on stage one night. And I'm, I'm going, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, and sometimes I watch the video. I watch the video of, of me doing that, right? Because uh, this guy was nice enough to send his camera crew down and film my, my Waikiki show, right? And so I, and I watch this stuff and I watch it and I go, wow, I, I can't believe I did that. Like that, that to me, that's kind of spooky because I was just fantasizing about it like in ninth grade. In ninth grade, it was a fantasy to me. It was like, yeah, one day I like do that. So here's, um, and here's a side story before we get into the teaching thing. Um, the side story to this is I went so many years without a dummy, right? I was looking for a dummy. When I, I went to the mainland once and I was, I was looking at toy stores for dummies, but they only had the toy dummies, right? I never knew where, where do I get a ventriloquist? It's called a ventriloquian figure is what it's called. Right. And I'm like, where am I going to get this ventriloquist dummy? Like, I need one. Right. Uh, now I have two ones in the garage because, <laughs> you know, but, it, and, you know, and I'm like, where do I get this? Pretty soon, like the years go by. Right. YouTube comes online. eBay comes online. And I'm I, you know, I had this conversation with this guy in a club and we we're sitting down and I told him, I said, you know, I do ventriloquism. I learned how this guy taught me, this guy who used to do ventriloquism. He's, it was a very famous guy in Hawaii. And, and he taught me how to do it when we were in high school. He came to my high school for a year. And so I know how to do it. I just don't have a dummy. He goes, dude, go on eBay. They have everything on eBay. And so I went on eBay and I found this dummy. It was perfect. And that's the dummy that I used in the show. And I named it after my grandfather because I love my grandfather. My grandfather was so cool. And so I named the dummy Kyoki. My grandfather's name was George. So all of you people outside of Hawaii, Kyoki is the Hawaiian name for George. It's K-E-O-K-I. Okay, that's how they, that's how you say it. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... But so many things like that happened because I was like, yeah, I want to do that. 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 And guess what happened when I was an adult? You know, I, I got to do that and that and that. And like it all manifested out. Okay. So this is the podcast where we teach you how to go about this stuff. And what it is, is the subconscious mind. It's not kind of, it's not witchcraft. It's not voodoo. It's not none of that. It's your subconscious mind. Now. Here's today's podcast. I ran from teaching. Okay. So, so I am the product or the expression of two teachers. Okay. And, um, 
my my dad, my biological dad was uh, uh, he he had a master's. He was a he was a he could teach in colleges. He could teach anywhere he wanted to teach. He was qualified, you know, uh, sideways. And so he actually, um, you know, was all about like teaching me things, right? And so my mom was also a teacher. They were, they met in college. They had me up there. Uh, so I was I wasn't born in Hawaii. I was born in Denver. And so um, my mom was an elementary school teacher. That was her specialty. So it was K K through six, K through six, elementary school. And so my mom started teaching me all kinds of stuff when I was young. So by the time I got to school, I was like, I, I've had it with education. I, I was like so over it. Now, you know, certain um, kids that have certain kind of parents, right? You guys are exposed to the industries they're in. Um, you know, I know some some guys that their their parents, the, the father was a fireman. They know all about being a fireman. They know all about because they see it. They live with it. Right. Dad comes home talks about it whatever so i mean you know so they they have a great insight into it well when you're the kid of a teacher they try to teach you right they take that you're the guinea pig and so i had to learn all this stuff right learn 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 um what because i was an only child my mom gave me this uh in uh, children encyclopedia britannica okay and now the children's version was a little bit different you know because i used to go look in the in the main one the black and white version, no pictures, like just a few, you know, black pictures or black or whatever images, uh, but not, not, you know, anything nice, right? The children's book encyclopedia. Oh my God. Like pictures, everything, all the species of sharks, you know, until today I can, I can tell you what kind of sharks they are when I look at it. You know, um, I'm cruising with, cruising with one of my chicks and, and we see something and I go, Oh, you know what that is? And then, you know, what kind of butterfly that is? That's the, you know, and I could tell her, right. And then she's like, Oh, what do you do with all this information? You know, I go, well, it's just floating around in my head. It's actually, you know, useless really for me. It's just like when we're, when I'm having a conversation, yeah, I can, I can speak on it, but, the, but that's about it. So this was, and this was because there was pictures in there. So I'm, you know, ADHD, right? The words like reading up on it was not the thing. It was like looking at the pictures and okay, what is the name? And, and getting, getting the name and the, yeah, that's about it. And, and some things I, I went into detail, the things that interest me, I, I just like aced it out, right? But when I got to a certain age, my mother was talking to me. My mom wanted me to be an attorney. And it was because she went to an astrologer. This guy was an astrologer. He was real big as an astrologer here uh, when I was a kid uh, in Hawaii. And so he said, well, he, he'll be a good cop or he'll, you know, be a good attorney. Uh, and my mom, you know, of course, she didn't want me to be a cop because, you know, uh, that it, you know, bullets flying and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I look at the, the police now and I, I really feel for them because like they really do not know, uh, more so now than, than ever before if they're going to go home or not. And, and that, that's, an, that's another podcast, Alliance. That's another, like what's happening to our country is another podcast. But, um, so I, you know, was, you know, kind of encouraged, kind of persuaded, I want to say, to, to go into law, right? And I was not interested because to me, uh, law was about reading and writing like constantly every day. And because of my ADHD, I could not read well, okay? Because I could read for a little while, right? I read for a little while and then after that, my brain is like, like somewhere else, you know, I'm thinking about something else, right? So, um, anyway, and audiobooks did not exist at the time and YouTube did not exist at the time. Um, but I had this teacher in high school that was amazing. You know, he's, he's no longer with us, but he was amazing and he would lecture like a college class. So he carried out, you know, he, he did his class like a college class and I got straight A's in his class, right? Because we could engage in, in discussion on whatever topic we were we were doing and so i got straight age and you know no problem boom 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 yeah and everybody else was like when i asked a question everybody else was like bro shut up already he, he couldn't talk to any more minutes you know but that's how i learned right 
And then, you know, when the when the grading the grading day came, he goes, "We have two A's, right?" And <laughs> one of them would be so and so, usually a girl, right? Because the girls are always like, and number two, junior, and he wrote them on the on the blackboard, right? And I was like, "Yeah," and and all these guys are like, you know, they're flipping me off. They're you know, yeah, you know, whatever, right? I I try to keep the podcast clean, always. So anyway, right? This this kind of you know goes on. And pretty soon, my mom changes her tune, and she starts telling me. Uh, this was like into my twenties when I was uh, angry at the world, rebellious, and I'm doing all kinds of. Oh man, I can't even tell you. I was smoking weed, was was doing all kinds of stuff, crazy stuff, and and I was hanging out with some very dangerous people, and and you know, and then I also got to hang out with some really amazing people right and and so in my life i was like wow i manifested all of this because of first of all what i wanted to become and then it was more like the the anger manifested into that you know uh running with the gang running with the boys kind of thing right and i you know went through all of that but my eventually my mom was like you know you really should teach you're a natural teacher. And my mom, my mom always said the quote that she said was teaching is inbred. She said that. And I'll, I'll never forget that because we, we were having a discussion at lunch one day. We were at this fancy hotel. She always stays at these fancy hotels and stuff. And this was probably when I was maybe around 22 or 23, I think. We were at this very ritzy hotel uh, place in uh, a place they call Waikiki over here in Hawaii, and so um, <clears throat> and she said, "No, you really should. You really should look into teaching." Well, that was the furthest. You know, I was like, "Huh?" I mean, you know, I had the same reaction when about I don't know twenty five years ago or something. My mom goes, "You know, you should come into real estate with me. You should do real estate with me." You know, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "I'm living my dreams right now. Excuse me. I'm like, I'm doing shows. I'm doing, I'm doing radio. I'm doing doing all this entertainment stuff. I'm, I'm you know, making monkey right and making monkey for a living." And um, and I was also doing business. I was a consultant. I, I was doing, you know, living all my dreams. And I was like, no, I am not dropping this stuff for real estate. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, but that was kind of like that for me. It was kind of like, like, like foreign. It was kind of like, what? Okay. So, you know, I got to tell you guys, right? Now, the law of attraction, right? What you, you know, uh, you manifest what you think about you manifest you know so my mom planted that thought in my head and I started thinking about it now move move fast forward till I was in my late later 20s right I think 27 I started taking my my training in classical music and so I went through my training and and I had a private teacher you know my mom was nice enough to to do that uh for me uh, anything in education you know so because she's an educator so boom there we go and I do my classical music training and then I ended up uh, in a situation where I was in a, a radio station that was a cultural radio station, and it was it was a Filipino radio station, right? And I meet this girl, and you know, and she's very very talented. And actually, this lady who was the head of the club talked to me first, and I met this girl. She goes, "Oh, you got to see her sing," and you know, whatever. And she sang, and I said, "You know what? I I can teach you." I, I, and this was, this is what, okay, now the, the, the trap was already set, Hawaiians, right? And then now I'm, I'm stepping into the trap, right? So, so I started teaching. Well, that became the beginnings of what is today voice master vocal development. Um, and you can, you can search it online. It's, it's all over the place, but that turned into a 30, so far 33 years of, uh, of teaching, right? Now, I did not, um, I did everything I could not to teach, okay? So, the reason why the, the school came to be was uh, more so because uh, I wanted something for my, my best friend to do who was blind and uh, this other girl that lived with us, right? Um, but she didn't, she didn't live with us right away. It was, it was me and him and I just, uh, I just broke up with the girl I was engaged to for Oh, eight years and and so you know I, I needed something for him to do and everything kind of you know the universe works in a strange way or God works in a strange way or whatever you believe Jesus Christ Allah you know all of that works in a strange way 
because things began to line up, right? Because I was, I was in this job where I was doing, you know, I was doing production, uh, radio and, and television, audio production for a living. And I was getting very, um, dissatisfied with not just not just the the environment the environment was actually minor for me it was the work because here's the thing i went into radio because i thought right i had this bright idea like if i get into radio i can get into i can do my music i can do my shows ventriloquist dummy and play the guitar and we play the ukulele do all this you know all that stuff right play the drums one number you know we do all this stuff and um so I go along this this very difficult route of five dollars an hour uh, working in radio, right? Then I get to the point where now I'm at the right radio station, but it's not gonna pan out. Like like I tried to meet these guys, I tried to I tried to befriend um, these these people that were in uh, the record company because where I was was like a hub. For, for like everything. I mean, anybody who was anybody went through that radio station. And I'm, I'm not just talking about musical artists. I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about producers. I'm talking about, um, uh, people that did video, people that did acting, people that did like everything. They all went through this one, uh, group of radio stations, right? So I was there in the hub and, and that's where I made the biggest amount of money I think I ever made. Um, as far as, as, you know, doing a nine to five kind of job, because I had these side jobs that, that paid, I mean, gosh, I, I, I would walk in, you know, lunch, my, on my lunch hour, I could make like, uh, mm, three spots, so 300. So if it's television spot, like, like, uh, 275 a spot, something like that, a little less than $300 and, and do two of them on my lunch hour. Right. And th- and this happened like, several times during the week sometimes especially during like political season and stuff like that but anyway and it's not meant to be a flex it's just to give you a picture but I got stuck in that and there was this invisible wall between you know what I was doing and where I wanted to go and where I wanted to go was like right there it was like right there it would pass me every day I would see this this guy who owned the record company right you know and of course I was friendly with the guy and you know try to talk to the guy but you know, at that time, I had nothing. I had no music available. I had no, you know. So we built this studio in my house, and we started making music. I was, you know, doing all this stuff. And I thought, okay, I'm in the right place. All I got to do is, you know, w- whatever, just to get in the music industry because I wanted to do, you know, my shows. And I thought, this is the place, right? <clears throat> Wrong. Okay, it wasn't the place. There was this invisible curtain, man. I was, I swear, it was kind of like, it was kind of like being in a bakery. Like, you know, you know, outside the bakery where you could smell the pastry, right? And the window's right there and you look in and you don't have any money and you're hungry. And I don't know if you guys ever went through that. I went through that. Okay. And, and, and you look through the window and you went, wow, I can almost taste it, you know, but you can't have it. It's not yours, you right? You can't buy it. You can't whatever, right? Okay, same thing. It was right there, like every day, and the guys, you know, the guys in the uh, in in the radio station and stuff. They they didn't have the contacts. They were radio guys, and and I was one of those guys, right? I belonged to that, you know, uh, that that group of people, and the entertainment guys were in and out, in and out. All the the celebrities, the stars, whatever. Really nice people. These musicians, very good. Um, I didn't really agree with some of the things I saw from from the administrative end of the record uh, industry kind of thing, but that's where I wanted to go, right? And it was it was yeah, it was right there. Anyway, so pretty soon I get tired of that. I start praying to God like every night, every day when I went home. Please let me do my music. Please let me do my music. So that's all I had in my head, right? Well, it manifested in a series of events. Okay, first I resigned from the radio station, right? Then um, this other guy hired me, got a better radio radio gig, right? But then I then I discovered that on that uh, station group, right, there was no there was no entertainment thing, right? I mean, no enter- entertainment connections. Everything was done differently. It was done very differently. It wasn't the same kind of thing. Uh, but there were other benefits. There were other things that happened, right? And then all of a sudden, one day, right? I get, I get 
pulled in to substitute for this guy. And all of a sudden, boom, by the third day, right? It was like God talking to me like, like, boy, you know, like foghorn leghorn. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, boy, you better start singing for your life, boy. You know, and, and so and then I started doing that, right? And everything, you know, as they say, the rest is history. But that was the key that allowed me to do the music. That was the key that brought the consulting company that, that built a lot of the things that we built, right? Now, it wasn't, you know, some people are in radio and they enjoy whatever success they have in radio, but they don't, they don't, um, how can I say, they don't turn it into anything else, you know? And I think uh, recently on another podcast, I mentioned that I saw these people that got let go after years and years and years and years and years uh, dedicating their lives to radio, to being celebrities, and 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 they were very popular, and they were very much celebrities, and and people loved these guys, right? But then when when the radio stations dropped them, they had nothing. There was there was nothing there. I mean, they had them right themselves, and they could turn it into something. But but my question was always like, well, if God gives you lemons, right? Why wouldn't you make lemonade? And that's how I saw it anyway. That's just for me. So we started, you know, we started doing stuff on the side. But the teaching part, right, I, I ran from it as, as hard as I could. Because my thing was like, no, entertainment, no, entertainment. When I first set up the school and stuff, right, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this part time. And, and at least, at least Brother Wayne has something to do now, you know. And then, and then pretty soon, you know, this, this girl came with us and then she, you know, was involved and okay, so you can take care of the office and then you over there doing this, me over here, I'm doing this and, you know, I'll go run errands, do meetings, whatever. And then we started building. So we had a production company. We had, you know, the entertainment stuff, right? And as hard as I pushed for the entertainment, as hard as I pushed, right? Nothing went any further than, you know, where, um, where I pushed it to. Because, you know, I figure, well, okay, if I push a little bit, right, then God going to come and, and the magic door is going to open to go sign one contract. Here we go. Boom. Sign your name and let, you're in. And we're going to do a Waikiki show. That's not how it happened. I had to buy the Waikiki show. And we didn't care. We didn't care because we had the money. And to us, that was money well spent because that was our dream. Now, you know, there was one guy along the way, I remember, uh, but this was after the Waikiki show because I was talking about Las Vegas at that point. And this guy goes, how much would you pay for your, how much are you willing to, this is the exact quote, how much are you willing to pay for your dream, Junior? Right? And I, you know, and I, I had to think, I was kind of taken back by that, by that question a little bit, right? And I had to think about it. But you know what? And I would tell you, and this is the law of attraction, okay? What you put out, you get back, Okay. There is a price for everything you do. Everything. I don't care. I don't care if, if you want to be the best accountant, if you want to be the best car mechanic, if you want to be the best whatever it is, you're going to have to put up with some crap. It, it, it could be financial that you got to pay. That could be your price. You could, you could, you know, like I see a lot of entertainers and stuff, right? So they make a little bit of money, right? The producers make a big bunch of money, right? And that's the way it goes because the producers put up the money so they make the money right so maybe that's your price so maybe the price to you know fame or stardom maybe maybe it's a little money sometimes maybe it's it's uh you know something you got to go through mentally sometimes there's some excruciating mental pain sometimes there's a i mean you know sometimes it's your family sometimes you get divorced you lose your family you know i didn't have that but some people went through that you know so there's a price for everything. And and I don't care, you know, what it is. It doesn't matter. But there's a price. And there's always a price for progress. There's always a price for getting to the next level. And some people are, are happy with, with staying at, you know, their nine to five or, you know, they're just they're just happy having having a, a, a nice mellow life and stuff like that, you know. But that didn't really appeal to me because I had goals. And my goals started like like when I was young, 11, 10, 10, I think 10. Uh, when, I, when I found out I could do voices and stuff and copy the TV, that kind of thing. But um, the teaching thing came about the same time as I resigned. I resigned from the radio station. And I said, okay, well, let's set up the teaching thing because 
I was already teaching on the weekends. And ever since I helped this girl with her Filipino project and, and this uh, Filipino club, I had been teaching on the weekends because, you know, once I helped that one girl, everybody, you know, everybody was like, oh, can you teach my daughter? Oh, can you teach something? You know, and people just started coming. Right. And so the, the secret to that is, OK, don't be a talker. Just be a doer and everything will fall into place. OK, so a lot of people talk about stuff. Right. So so a dream or let's say vision vision without action is hallucination that's my quote i put it on my on my facebook and um but that's true you can think about something forever if you never take action on it or if you never do anything about it it stays in your head right and you die with it okay and and all that information that i have from the encyclopedias okay um so knowledge right knowledge is nothing unless you apply it Okay, now if you apply your knowledge, I can't I can't apply that knowledge. I'm not a botanist, I'm not a horticulturist, I'm not a I'm not an oceanographer, I, I'm none of those things, right? But I have the information in my head, right? So it's useless. It's useless, right? But it was something I was attracted to. I was, you know, I lived my I lived a, a great deal of years in the encyclopedias that, that my mom got me. And and I always, you know. I don't know. I just thought it was a thing to know stuff. But if you cannot apply what you know, it's useless. Okay? It just it does it serves no purpose. So anyway, so the school happened, right? So I had been teaching on the weekends for years and and then the opportunity came to okay, resign from the radio station, I'm going to teach full-time and I I had this other radio station thing part-time on the weekends and I was the the station voice and you know whatever. And so so we started the school, right? In the meantime, we still had the production company. We're doing jingles for people. We're doing, uh, uh, we had a phone service where we did, we did the uh, answering for, for a, a few, a couple of hotels and uh, a couple of businesses and stuff. So we were kind of moving in that direction with that. But the school, right? Like I, I kept going, no, 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 you know, let just do minimal. So I never really put any great energy into it until... Um, one day where we decided to get a professional space. Okay. And that, that's a, that's a whole not a podcast because that's very interesting the way that unfolded. But along the way and up until this point, Hawaiians, nothing happened the way I planned. Absolutely nothing. And I don't plan anymore. All I do is I focus on the final outcome. That's it. I don't plan. Okay. Cause things, God can take you anywhere. The universe, God, whatever you call it, right? Your higher self, higher power can take you anywhere to get there. And and so anyway, but, you know, nothing happened the way I thought. So here we were. We were teaching over here. And then I was, you know, over there doing the uh, the on-hold business, as it was called back in the day for the, you know, the phone service. I was doing all this stuff, right? Production, writing jingles, writing music. And then we were recording our own music. And then pretty soon we, we recorded this comedy album that actually got um, what they call a Hoku Award in Hawaii. And that's like the uh, Academy Award of, of Excellence in uh, Entertainment, really. And, and so this guy catapults to, you know, number one comedian in, in Hawaii off of the project that we did in my house, which I was actually, uh, I did a little bit of writing on it. I did the production on it, did the engineering on it. And, and my, my best friend, Wayne, who was blind, did all the music on it, music, music effects, all of that. He did all of that. And so, so, you know, we, we were doing these types of projects and, um, but the, the thing about me was like, I know I want to do my show. I want to do my show because I was raised around a show. Uh, for four years, well, not raised, but yeah, I was very young, right out of high school, right? Four years, I was around the biggest show in Hawaii, right? Like, like, um, very often, like three, four times a week, sometimes, sometimes every night. Uh, it just depended, you know, I, I had jobs here and there, security guard jobs, that kind of thing. But anyway, we got to the point where the school was starting to materialize. And in one way, you know, I didn't even see it. You can't even see stuff sometimes until it creeps up on you. And then when it creeps up on you and it, and it goes, boom, gotcha. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, and that's how the, that's how voice master happened. And so the first year we decided to run an ad, right? And, and the ad was for, you know, for voice. So I was, I was thinking like how, you know, how, how what are we going to call this thing? And so a bunch of titles, a bunch of names came to my head, right? 
And then I thought of this cartoon I saw when I was a kid. Um, it was He-Man. And the villain was the Beastmaster, right? Beastmaster. So I go, hmm, Beastmaster, hmm, Voicemaster. There you go, right? And so, and I remember um, my attorney friend um, uh, that I, I used to, see, I used to have a, I used to have an office in this attorney's office while I was um, working for this radio station that they never knew about. Because, I mean, you, you can't you can't say stuff like this in front of uh, in front of certain people. Right. It's like you can't um, you can't you can't go. Oh, I need to go up to my 27th floor office that overlooks the mountains right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I, you cannot do that. Like on my lunch hour, I got to go up there and, and do, put some work in. I mean, you know, I got to go there after work and put some work in. No, they never saw that. And I never mentioned it because, you know, you just can't like right now, uh, our offices are in Powahi Tower, which is a pretty prestigious kind of downtown location. Right. And I don't, I don't go around telling people that I don't go around flashing pictures of it. I don't, I don't go around, you know, doing that stuff. I flash other stuff, entertainment stuff and comedy stuff and what, whatever, uh, bits and pieces of, of, uh, information on informational things and, and whatever. But anyway, so, so that happened, right? And this, this business that we were trying to develop, uh, it, it, it never materialized, but but these things all simultaneously started to happen at the same time. And I ended up creating Voice Master. And my attorney friend that I, that I was working with, you know, was telling me like, wow, that's a really good name. Yeah, that, that's a great name. So I went with it, right? And we put an ad in the phone book. The next year, there was like 11 people that taught voice. <laughs> okay. Now, before we went in the phone book, there was only two Okay, my teacher and another teacher who taught this famous Hawaiian singer, right? And then everybody wanted to sound like him. So she started creating clones uh, and, and they all sounded like him. They, there was several uh, in, in a couple different bands that sounded just like him because, you know, the secret is there's no big secret. But but if it is a secret or whatever, it's that with classical music form, you can make people sound pretty much similar to each other pretty much only the timber of their voice so if they're a little bit close in timber you can you can clone people that way and we don't we don't do that or anything but i'm just saying it's possible so so i still kind of put teaching back burner back burner back burner okay so i did a couple of days couple a couple of days here a couple of days there but focused on the music and i ran from teaching like as hard as i could like like my focus was okay let's 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 go pursue the show let's go do this let's go you know entertainment in the meantime the road show happened when i got on this radio show that was and this is the manifestation part now i'm talking about these thoughts these focused on the you know the main idea or the 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 end result the final result like what does it look like right so i had this idea in my head and so pretty soon this idea starts to pan out now, as soon as so everything kind of works in everything works in concert in the universe, everything. And so so this guy puts me on his radio show. Boom. Everything starts going right. People start inviting me to, you know, sing for their baby parties and weddings and, and whatever. So that turns into a party business unexpectedly. I did not expect that. I didn't plan it. I didn't even want it. I didn't want it, but I wanted to perform. And that became my you know, my, my show. It, and we called it the, the junior cake of a junior road show. Right. And, and the road show was a show you took on the road. I remember going to this guy, this, this radio guy who uh, had the number, he still has the number one show in Hawaii. And he was so nice to me. He used to put me on his Saturday show. And, um, every time I would say road show to him, right, this is off, off, uh, off mic and whatever. Like when, when he was just talking casually to me, he goes, you know, Nobody knows what a road show is. But by that time, right? By the time he was telling me this stuff, we already made the posters. We, we made the Facebook page. We, we did all this stuff. It was too late to turn back, right? So, so I made a lot of um, what you would call uh, snap decisions that resulted in the wrong thing, right? Like the website, same thing. So anyway... So he goes, yeah, you know, nobody knows what a, what a road show is. So I said, well, it's a it's a show you take on the road, and we perform wherever wherever you are. 
or wherever you know you're having your party so we did ballrooms we did rec centers we did a couple of parks uh, quite a few with generators we we did you name it we did it and and we were there um doing the show right so so did i get to do my entertainment yeah did i get to do it the way i wanted mm, no i had to buy that section of it the waikiki show and and the road show the wedding and party business paid for that right Okay, so I was still running from teaching. Run, 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 run. Well, guess what? The pandemic happened, right? And yeah, all the entertainment fell to the floor. The, the worst part for me, I think, was seeing people devastated from it. I mean, you know, not just not just the entertainers because they were devastated. They didn't have anything to do. They didn't have any work. They didn't have um, they didn't have anything else going. That was their bread and butter, right? And they were suffering. But but people in general really missed the entertainment. So now, what do you have in in today's world right now? Well, you have everybody going out doing activities, 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 because everybody's sick and tired of staying at home, right? So I keep running, keep running, keep running. Finally, my my best friend died of cancer seven years ago, and when he it'll be it'll be uh, yeah it's it's a uh, little over seven years, and he died of cancer, and so uh, when that happened, right? I I did you know I mentioned on the other podcast, so I you know I had to run it out, fulfill all the contracts, everything that we had to do, and then finally um, I got to live another dream. So it was kind of ironic that another dream happened after that, you know, because I thought, okay, that was that, that, that was it. No, I ended up singing with an orchestra, you know, and then we, we attempted to sell that. That didn't go so well because Hawaii is about reggae music and uh, Hawaiian music. So if, yeah, if you're doing a Frank Sinatra kind of thing, you know, so we sold it as, as uh, junior live in Las Vegas, like a, a package show to where they, you know, bring crap tables and stuff and they have like a Vegas night for people, right? And um, so we, we did a little bit of that, uh, you know, but then there was this orchestra thing. So I got to do that. OK, but this was in my head when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old watching Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra on, on TV. Right. The Waikiki show happened. I was sitting there and, you know, in, in Don Ho's uh, uh, show, just observing and, and learning everything I could. Eventually, boom, it turned out it, it happened. Right. And one of the nicest compliments I got uh, from this guy that I did radio with was he goes, you know, that that would work in Las Vegas. And and then, of course, you know, I keep running from teaching, right? The school's the school's already going We're we were in our professional space for 24 years. And so so that's running. That's that's going good. OK, but in the office, right, I'm, I'm on my laptop, right? Got an agent in, in Orlando. And he flew to Vegas and pitched us with a Cirque show uh, and Dionne Warwick. And I was like, what? I still have the email. I like. I, I think I'm going to frame that email. It was such a high honor and compliment to be just mentioned in a meeting about those those people. Like Dionne Warwick and, and a Cirque show. I was like, whoa. Uh, so, so for me, that was a major head trip. But that didn't pan out because I didn't have any ticket master numbers in North America. Right? And so the investors, so these guys, they invest, they, they put up money, right? Because they want to make money on this stuff. And they go, nah, nah, we can't do it. And, you know, I was good with that. I was like, yep, that's, that's, that's business. And basically, that's what I've been doing for 33 years is a lot of business, like a lot of different stuff. But that's what it boils down to, you know, but the teaching, right? So I run, 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 run. COVID happens, shuts down everything. And then... I have no choice. I was forced to move everything from the physical location online. And when that happened, right, um, the, the whole world changed, right? Now it's like, okay, exclusive teaching. You know, I do, I do teaching and marketing, teaching, marketing, teaching. So it's still business, but it's like business and then teaching. And, and the teaching part um, has the, the I want to say the... Um, the benefits or what I charge for teaching based upon what we did for years is a huge difference, you know, and then the business part is, is more, you know, IT stuff, right? But this teaching thing eventually happened. 
And, and the bottom line lesson to all of this, right, is that we are expressions of our parents. Okay, we're not reflections of our parents. We are expressions of our parents. You know, so like, you know, I used to see this commercial, right, about, about a milk truck driver. And he goes, oh, you know, my grandfather drove the milk truck. My dad drove the milk truck. And now I'm driving the milk truck. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, no ambition, this family. Right? I mean, that was my first impression. Okay? And I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Right? <laughs> so, well, I know we have a few Hawaii listeners. But I, I'm just saying, that, that was my first impression. Right? But then it started to make sense when this, this COVID thing happened. And I go, wow, you know, I've been running from this and running from this and running from this. And now it's making more money than when I was at a physical location uh, doing this for years and years and years. And, and, and now it's actually, you know, more beneficial for me, right? Because the teacher is, uh, learns more than the student, really. So, you know, the ironic thing is that, oh, yeah, my guitar playing, ah, best it's ever been. My singing, best it's ever been can't use it and <laughs> there's no entertainment venue right and i'm not i'm retired i'm i am done i am done with that but but anyway but what i'm saying right is that eventually when you let go and you let god or let's say it another way when you follow your life path and stop insisting on your own way because i was insisting Hawaiians, I was, I was insisting. I was insisting. No, we're going to do entertainment. No, I'm going to do, no, I'm going to sing. No, I'm going to, I'm going to play. No, I'm going to make people laugh. I'm going to do all of that. You know, maybe that's not what I was put on the planet to do, you know, and I ran like crazy. I avoided it. I pushed it away. I didn't want any part of it. Well, I wanted a little part of it, right? I maintained it. I made sure it was, you know, I even billed my friend as being this, you know, mystical blind guy that was this, this, uh, he was a, he was a musical genius, definitely. But I also, you know, made him the teaching genius and people would just come like, oh yeah, we want, we want him to teach me. Yeah. Want, yeah. And I was good with that. I was like, yeah, 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 there you go. There you go. There you go, boo. You want more, you know, <laughs> you know, so, but, but that was, you know, it was, it was a good time. It was a good run, but I learned a huge lesson. And the lesson I learned was, you know what? When you're trying to force things your own way, it never works as good as when you let go and let God and follow your life path. And there's only two things that can prevent that. Fear. Okay, so hesitation's rooted in fear. All the negative emotions are rooted in fear. Okay, and doubt. Doubt is one of the biggest derailers of anything if you doubt and you fear okay that's the two worst things you can do because let me tell you Hawaiians when when you have doubt and you have fear oh, 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 sorry sorry Hawaiians I gotta go but yeah doubt and fear will derail you other than that you can manifest just about anything you want yep but if I can Hawaiians you can okay trust me I used to sleep on a sidewalk Hey, I want to thank our sponsors, Brother Randy, Sister Jerry, over there at Island Club and Spa in Kaka'ako, if you're in Hawaii, and a voice master family of service companies, and AFM Hawaii Music, the home of Darren Chinin. Get his music online, and uh, yeah, so Hawaiians, okay, just don't take life so seriously. Follow your gifts. Follow your intuition. Follow that. It will not lead you wrong. Until next time, I'm Junior Kegoe with Junior saying mahalo and ow!